1: Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. And with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hey, Art, Art,
2: Art, Art. Thanks for that introduction. Hey,
1: Bunk, Funkers, welcome to the show. Touch my body, lay me on the flow. Wrestle me around, play with me some more. You think that's what John Bell was singing when the Bell Witch was rustling his body around, slapping him around? Ooh, I think so. He probably liked it because he was a little ghost freak. He was a ghost freak. Bunkbunkers, today we're talking ghosts. Not just a ghost. Andy, this is considered one of the... One of the cool. pillars in American haunting One of the greatest history. American haunting stories of all time.
2: Yeah. This is a ghost, a peerless ghost, a ghost that... Towers above other specters. Um and and we have a towering bunk funker to thank for it. Oh my god, do we ever this uh bunkfunker? This is a bunk funker suggested topic. Yes, it is, and this comes to us from a bunk funker named Billy. Billy! Um Billy is m- relatively new. Billy of Tennessee. Billy of Tennessee. This is a hometown tale of sorts, uh, for Billy. That's right. Um, but Billy has sent us a lot of great uh, emails, a lot of great discussion, great correspondence with episodes. Billy. Um, we love chatting with Billy. Yeah. Um, and this is a great topic. So, Billy,
1: thank you so much for this terrific topic. Please enjoy, Billy. We hope we did The Bell Witch, um, the greatest, one of the greatest American haunting stories of all time. We hope we did it justice. And if you bunk funkers can't wait to touch your bodies to the story of The Bell Witch, um, if you can't wait to get slapped and tickled by a, a ghost or a witch. And and have a very in-depth religious discussion with said witch.
2: Or have the witch uh, determine the uh, the best marriage candidate for your children. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you, of course, can check out the episode show notes. Look into the description. There will be a timestamp that will let you know when the research begins. But first, but Andy first. and I got to update you on our lives as deities. Oh, my God.
2: Uh, Art and I are, of course, still daddies. We are still co-raising a beautiful family here in the bunker. We live in the bunker. We have our teenage undead Sasquatch son, Peon Musk. That's right. And our adult baby son, David Crosby. Yes. Um, And we've had a lot of adventures. We've had a lot of misadventures. Uh, what a good time. And as far as things go, this week was, was no different. I mean, you know, lately... We've been caught up in—I don't know what to call it, other than a craze—sweeping uh, the nation. You all have heard about it, yeah. Of uh, we've we've become like semi-pro gamblers, yeah. Um, specifically, competitive old maid. Yeah, this is high-stakes competitive old maid. That's right. You know, old maid—the classic card game classic. where everybody gets uh, a set of cards, and one of the cards is the old maid. Yep, and. You pick a card from somebody else's hand when it's your turn, and if you make a match, you put your card, those matching cards down
1: on the table. That's right. At the end of the game, whoever's still holding the old maid loses. You never want to be that fucking old maid. Um this is, you know, this is I mean, this is this is for the real fucking adrenaline freaks. Yeah. This is not Jim Rummy. Yeah, this, this is, not, is not this is not This is not Tecker. Texas Hold'em. This is not Texas Hold me. I mean, maybe if you're a fucking little baby who needs to be held, then maybe yeah, you go play Texas Hold me because I'm crying myself to hold, sleep. Yeah, Texas Hold me because I don't know
2: how to play cards competitively for money, real money. Texas hold me
1: back because I'm about to beat your ass with Old Maid. That's yeah. that's where the real people play. Old Maid I I mean, I, it's classic trope throughout media you open the back room of a of a shady establishment. And mm-hmm. what do you see dudes with revolvers and guns and stuff? A very high stakes game of old maid. They're betting everything. They're betting their lives on the table. I mean, right. this is uh this is old maid. So this is old maid. This is old maid. This is the way it's meant to be played. This old maid. She's on her.
2: <laughs> Don't sing that at the table or I'll shoot you. That's right. <laughs> um so anyway, this week we decided to go to the World Old Maid Stars tournament yep. in Reno. Uh this is like oh, the biggest
1: and all the famous old maid pros were there. I mean, we were up there with the greats. You got um Money Maker Martha. You've got You've got um uh Clarence Cash Money. Rendlesome, uh, who is one of the top old maid players in the world. You've, you've got, got Bobby, I love money so much, Iota, Beatrice, Big Bucks,
2: uh, Banana Stan. You've got. Banana uh, <laughs> Stan. You've got. Uh, um, uh, let's see, there's Frida, Fat Fucking Stacks. <laughs> He's got such a vulgar nickname. You she- got Ben, count my Benjamin's Benjamin. Yeah, Ben Benjamin, one of my favorite old maid stars. Uh, there's um there's Danny dropping dollars. Oh, Danny dropping Dorsal- dollars.
1: Dorsalero. Uh with his famous catchphrase, I'm dropping a deuce.
2: And that's Before where that's where he yeah. He he then squats on the table and you know, uses his hand to make it look like he's shitting out the money <laughs> under the table. <laughs> so, I mean, these are some of the biggest Old Maid Stars oh, yeah. on Earth ever. Oh, yeah. Um, So this is the World Old Maid Stars Tournament in Reno. Um, Now, obviously, we brought the boys along with us. Well, I mean, you know, they're not old they enough. Need to experience this. Right. They're not old enough to gamble um, themselves. So what we did is we had baby David Crosby ride on Peon Musk's shoulders and we put them in a big trench coat so
1: you know it looks like it's one adult um with just a real baby i mean bung fungers it's so convincing that people were going up and saying uh to to peon musk and and adult baby david crosby's hey your two twin boys are fucking ugly and hideous they thought
2: they thought we were the kids yeah and they were the daddies yeah they thought
1: they were one huge daddies and we were two ugly kids um And then people were like, you know, stopping them and saying, sorry, sir, you can't bring your ugly ass kids into this establishment. It was so mm-hmm. funny. People yeah. thought we were the kids. Yeah, people thought it. And they were the daddies. Yeah. But
2: I mean, uh. I mean, the real thing is nobody can tell that they're underage. You can't tell. You can't tell at all. I mean, you know, and it's it's like, this is good experience for them. um We had them enter the tournament. um
1: I, Technically, I'm not even sure if Peon Musk has an age because he is undead. That's true. Does his age matter at this point? Yeah. And... Uh, but I mean... You know, no, we I can't mean, just leave adult baby David Crosby out on the fucking street. Yeah, we can't just leave an adult baby. What at do you think we are, casino. neglectful parents? Yeah, We're bringing no. our kids to a high-stakes no. competitive look, gambling look, arena. Look, our baby had a babysitter.
2: It's called an undead Sasquatch. <laughs> okay? So, and Peon Musk is plenty equipped to take yeah. care of a baby.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got, you know, his fur can actually almost act as a uh, one of those pupusas yeah what are they called papoosas Pupusas? a papoose a papoose those are the front things right papoose yeah isn't the
2: papoose a pupusa like a venezuelan like uh pocket sandwich
1: thing <laughs> I don't know I think it might be a Pornhub search term <laughs> papusa <laughs> uh <laughs> but uh its for access was a papoose and uh you know, um, uh, you know, what else do you fucking need? I mean, it's like he can source food. He can protect. I well, mean, it's El
2: Salvadorian Honduran. Like and flatbread a pupusa. Oh,
1: anyway. Well, close enough. You can roll a, an adult baby in a pupusa and, uh. <laughs> yeah. And you make a delicious sandwich. They're plenty secured. So, yeah, they were in a little trench coat and, yeah. uh, no, people were none the wiser. Yeah. So they entered the tournament just like we did. And so, uh, you know, uh. I mean, right off the bat, Andy and I bet we go all in. I mean, we, we go all go in fucking immediately. Hard. Yeah, uh, People are mad. Uh, a lot of the high stakes players are getting real fucking pissed at us because uh, immediately we just come in like two fucking um mm-hmm. and we're just r- ruining people's games. Yeah. By going in all in and forcing them to either fold or, you know, call our bet. You know how old maid works. <laughs> you know how old maid works. Yeah. We bet. You
2: bet every round that yeah. you don't have the old maid. Right. And so we go all in immediately, and it forces other people to either, you know, go all in or declare that they're the old maid. I mean, we're in fucking Reno, Nevada. Go big or go home. I mean, the biggest little city in the world. Well, we're the biggest little old maid players in the world. Yeah. So anyway, we lost all our money on the first hand. <laughs> and so we're like, whatever. Let's <laughs>
1: immediately. One and two exit. I had the old maid then, Andy. Yeah. Um, turns out, you know, you got to look out for that. It turns out
2: you shouldn't bluff when you really, you have no way to back it up, which we found out the hard way. Yeah, we got burnt. But, you know, these are professional, uh, these are professional uh, old maid players. I mean, free to fat fucking stacks, you know, said, get your, cl- your dirty oh. asses out of here and oh. then
1: spit at us. She roasted our ass. She spat on us, <laughs> made us wash her own feet. Yeah. We had to wash her feet. I mean, betting, competitive betting and gambling with old maid gets really really weird because it's not just money. You can bet, uh, acts, you can bet different functions and things. Like one right. of them was, you know, we, uh, we had to wash Fred fat fucking stacks feet. Yeah. She made us wash her feet, put perfume on her feet. Um, you know, we had to give out back rubs. Yeah. Um, we didn't have to, but we did give some hand jobs.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <sighs> um, you know, my, um, uh, Martha Moneymaker, uh, we had to, you know, uh, help pick weeds in her garden and do um, other little tasks for her. Yeah. Come over for a tea party, um, so uh, Grandma Nut, we had to like <laughs> harvest her peanuts on <laughs> yeah, her peanut farm. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. to There's get a there. lot of stuff. So we immediately were out. The boys were still in. The boys yeah. are, um, you know, they're doing pretty good. Yeah, and so they went on to win the tournament or whatever.
2: But while they were <laughs> doing that, me and Art were like, hey. Daddy's day out let's, Daddy's have some yeah, let's have some fun So we decide to go to a burlesque show Oh baby To see the, you know, I mean, very well endowed In That's every right. sense of the word That's right uh, Performer Bunk Nasty Now, Bunk Funkers, if you've never been to a burlesque show uh, It's it's like a it's like a sexy kind of stage show It's a sexy stage show There's some teasing Risque it's Risque There's a little bit of nudity Yeah uh, so we went to see one of the best performers, Bunk Nasty. Oh, Bunk Nasty! Oh my God, this and this was quite a show. We were getting hot and bothered. Yeah, I mean, we we're hooting. It was basically powling. like a
1: private show because there was no one else in the audience. Yeah, I can't
2: believe nobody comes to a matinee show of a burlesque show at the at the Reno, uh, you know, uh, World Old Maid Stars yeah. tournament. Yeah. I mean, I don't get it. So anyway, we're the only ones in there at two o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, Bunk Nasty is going all out, and it oh, yeah. is hot. Yeah, very probably the sweatiest performer I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, really, really sweaty, which enhances the experience for me. <laughs> um, so you know, we're out there, we're hooting, we're hollering. This is like a, a private show almost. So at the end of the performance, uh, Bunk Nasty, you know, came off the stage and invited. Me and Art to go back to her
1: sweet.
2: Whoa, okay. And we're thinking, oh wow, candy. This is is some applebee's kind of situation here. Yeah. So I pull out, I pull out my flask of virgin Long Island. (laughs) And I'm like, you want a hit of this? And she said, no, and slapped it out of my hand, which Which is is kind of bullshit. Because
1: I got you that for your birthday. It was engraved.
2: Yeah, and it shattered completely. She crushed it. Um, but it was still pretty hot in a way. Yeah. Um because I imagined it was my bones being <laughs> okay. crushed. And so so we we're like and you know, Bunk Nasty's like, well, come back to my suite. She got a very gruff, gravelly oh, voice. Yeah. You know, very Kathleen Turner. Uh, if Kathleen Turner like had emphysema. <laughs> uh so and we just I mean, she takes us down this super long hallway. Yeah. Oh my god. We're walking for what feels like forever, yeah, to get to bunk nasty suite miles and miles and
1: miles, I mean, you know how these hotels are. it's hard to tell you know you lose all track of time in these things, these mega hotels, I mean in Reno, I mean that's what they're known for, and it's just it's a little too much in my opinion yeah, so anyway we get we get to the suite door, and it's the damn bunker you know what? I was pissed on a couple of different levels because when i when I heard the word "sweet," I thought we were getting candy of some kind. Oh, you thought it was sweets, yeah. but yeah. Uh, yeah, then it just turns out to be this
2: fucking regular old bunker door. yeah, just we're back at home. I don't even know how that works. We were in the hotel. This is some kind of wormhole situation. I mean, we were walking for like several days.
1: <laughs> that's true I mean it's tough to you know what here's the thing though Andy is it's not our fault because yeah. the way that these uh these Reno Casino and, and service places Reno Casino Reno Casino and the way that they design these hotels is to make it so that you know, don't know what time it is mm-hmm. outside so you'll just keep yeah. staying there keep playing Old Maid all night long uh, keep gambling
2: well fuck you Reno we don't play those games we gave up all of our money instantly we go in hard
1: we go in instant
2: and you know that's yeah we go in hard and we're done in an instant. Yep. And that is the Andean art promise. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, here we are. We're locked in this bunker. I mean, Bunk Nasty started shouting all these things about like. Obscenities, really. Obscenities about, you know, like, I'm not even dressed like a like a burlesque performer. It's, it's just me, Mr. Bunker, in my regular street clothes. It's just overalls. I wasn't even performing. Like, I just sat there staring at you and you started hooting and hollering. And screaming, take it off! And you were making a lot of really obscene gestures toward me. And that's not how you treat performers, anyway. You what makes you st- think you're part of the show? Just because you somebody- paid
1: to see it, pay a ticket and come to the show mm-hmm. um, doesn't mean you're actually part of the show. You should shut up and respect the performers. And it's like blah 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 yeah. blah. Yeah, and all this. Stuff I paid to come help. to a show. I'm fucking. I want to be part of that. Oh, show. I'm part of the that. show. That's why I paid. I want to be in the experience. Yeah.
2: You know, and all this stuff about how just because a performance is supposed to be risque doesn't give you the the license to be a creep about it, and you still have to be respectful. And it's like, it's like, why
1: are you bringing Radiohead into this?
2: Yeah, I don't get it. Like, I'm not listening to that album right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hate that fucking album. I'm a creep. I'm a loser. That doesn't. I don't identify with that. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not a weirdo or a weirdo. You're a weirdo. Yeah. So I'm gonna go listen to Bunk Nasty. Give me a Radiohead song that says I'm a Chad. I'm a hogged out dude. I know what I'm doing here. I'm gonna fuck hard. (laughs) Oh, oh. That's what I want to listen to. That's a great song. That's a good fucking song. Tom York, take fucking notes. We know you listen to the show. Yeah. So redo that whole stupid album. Yeah. Okay, computer. Uh, or whatever, uh, creep showed up on, I don't know, and, uh... Why don't you say, like, Pornhub computer? <laughs> okay computer? It's just an okay computer? Yeah, I want a badass computer. Why don't you say gaming computer? Yeah, sick friggin' gaming computer. Yeah. But anyway, Bug Nasty was going on about all this bullshit, and it's like, whatever, dude. It's like, like just, can you shut the door? We'll get to recording, I guess so. We are we have to wait a couple days for our kids to get home. Yeah. They're probably gonna take a Greyhound. <laughs> and those dogs get tired yeah they have both they're both riding a dog I mean, they're both riding competitive racing dogs i mean it's you know it's not the most glamorous uh travel option not in the America. most glamorous
2: not the most humane i mean everything about it is
1: bad well you know what i mean that's what they're bred for so. uh they're dogs they're not bred <laughs> well i'm always getting them confused so Anyway, bunkfuckers, we're here. We're gonna record another episode for you, and um, I think this is an exciting one because this is considered by some, and we're gonna talk about it in the discussion. Uh, if this truly is the greatest American haunt, yeah, this is one of the USA's premier ghost stories. It's one of the oldest ghost stories in America That's as true. well. Yeah, this has this has a pedigree of like two centuries, um, and and it's it goes down a fanny fanny. <laughs> <laughs> it goes down a fanny. Sorry, I was still thinking about Buck Nasty before things went sour. Uh, a family history. There's a family, there's there's a, a literal descendants of one of the uh very early like American settler um families that uh their descendants um who are still here to to, to this day who 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 have generation through generation have been passing on this story. So we're gonna get into it right here, bungfuckers. This is the Bell Witch. The Greatest American Haunting, here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. Ding dong! In the year of Our Lord 2006, the Grammy snubbed GIF to modern rock music released a song that shook the entire world harder than its rock and riffs shook a Marshall half stack amp. I am, of course, talking about Buck Cherry's smash hit single. Crazy bitch. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Now, Buck Cherry might have been purveyors of pure adrenaline fueled high octane rock and roll, seamlessly combining mega riffs, blast and bass, and deafening drums into one melodic masterpiece. And of course, the lyrics. Oh, so beautiful. Andy, is it fair to say that they're the most poignant ponderings ever penned? That's very fair. Let's go over them. Hey, you're a crazy bitch, but you fuck so good I'm on top of it. When I dream, I'm doing you all night. Scratches all down my back to keep me right on. Oh
2: my God, that's so beautiful.
1: But I propose this question, Andy. Could Buckcherry have been wrong? No. As shocking, Andy, I know, but hey, remove your jaws up off the floor's bunk funkers, Because perhaps what Buckcherry meant was, hey, you're a crazy witch and you haunt so scary, I wish you'd stop it. When I sleep, I'm hearing you all night. Scratches all down my back and keep me frightened you're a crazy witch. Because perhaps they meant to be singing about the Bell Witch. And much like the rock band Buck Cherry, the Bell Witch is considered one of the greatest of all time. The greatest American haunting, that is. But why did this batty poltergeist haunt the Bell family some 200 years ago? It's a question posed by historians across Tennessee and asked by tourists who still flock to the scene. And to give you the whole enchilada on the Bell Witch, well, we have to go all the way back to the early 1800s.
2: (laughs) You're ringing my bell now, Artie. (laughs) Ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. There it goes. I'm dinging my bell. There's your little bell. Let's set the scene for our ghost story here by describing the titular family. John Bell was a native of Tennessee's neighboring state, North Carolina. There he met his wife, Lucy, and they started their family. The Bells bought a farm in Edgecombe County and began amassing wealth and influence in the area. But in the early 1800s, 1804 to be exact, the Bell family, consisting of John and Lucy and their nine children, packed up and moved from North Carolina to the Red River Bottomland in Robertson County, Tennessee, settling in the Red River community, which later became the present-day Adams, Tennessee. Uh, The Bells built a house and started a farm on 1,000 acres and were once again a very successful and prominent member of the community. John Bell even became an elder of the Red River Baptist Church. Yes, sirree, everything was great for
1: the Bell family in Tennessee. Well, at least for the next 13 years they were. The hauntings began sometime in 1817. From then on, life for the Bells would never have the same ring to it. One day, while inspecting his cornfields, John Bell noticed a strange creature resembling a dog. He approached it, and when it turned to look at him in the eyes, he saw this was no dog, but some kind of apparition of a dog with the face of a rabbit. Frightened by this odd entity, Bell shot at it several times, and the rabbit-faced dog creature vanished. Thinking it was nothing more than a mangy, wild animal, Bell continued with his day. Little did he know that his life was about to change forever.
2: It started again that night at the dinner table. The family gathered around for supper, eating, talking, sharing stories about their day, when they started to hear a knocking on the walls of their dog, of their log cabin. The sounds continued, night after night, increasing with intensity and force. Doom, doom, But each time, the bells rushed outside to catch this conking culprit. They found nothing. Besides the nightly knocking, more weird scenarios befell the bells in the coming weeks. One of their sons saw an extraordinarily large strange bird perched on a fence, watching them. Their youngest, Betsy, noticed a little girl in a green dress swimming from an oak tree. But then the paranormal activity moved inside the home. The bells heard the knocking sounds along their doors and walls. At night, the children heard gnawing at the foot of their beds as if a legion of rats surrounded them. But no rats were to be found. The sounds of dogs fighting each other accompanied heavy chains rattling on the creaky cabin floors. Even more disturbing, the sounds of choking and strangling were heard, followed by passionate lovemaking. Take me, sex ghost! Take me in your big, beefy ghost arms and make love to me! Hey! Wait a minute. Oh god damn it, Art, did you slip your sex ghost fanfic into the script again?
1: He <laughs> bug fuckers. You can find the entire Sex Ghost saga on sale now outside of a Barnes and Noble when there's security guys on a, on his lunch break. Oh god damn it. <laughs> sex ghost. Let's get it on the New York Times bestseller list. Ugh, yuck. Anywho, back to this Bell Witch story. Which might even rival Sex Ghost. <laughs> The noises at night grew and grew until they were deafening, but no source could ever be found until the source made itself known. The entity began to pull the sheets off the Bell children's bed at night. Then it pulled their hair, and finally it struck the first blow. It started to scratch at the children. The invisible entity had it out for the children, but in particular, it targeted young Betsy Bell. The Bells began to hear the voice of a faint, feeble old woman whispering, the sounds indecipherable, but somewhat like an old woman singing hymns. The entity ramped up in intensity as well, beating young Betsy, pulling her hair, and leaving welts and handprints all over her face and body. The ghost would pinch her and even stick her with pins. At the same time, this poltergeist turned its gaze towards John Bell, who started to suffer from paralysis in the mouth and even... Had his throat swell. He ascribed it as having the feeling of a stick being stuck sideways in his throat. Or, I'll say, when Squidward chokes on his fork and that SpongeBob app, naughty nautical neighbors. Like when he's eating the souffle. Yeah. The entity, <laughs> which still, after this time, the Bell family had not told anyone about, began to contort and pull John Bell's facial muscles all the while he became weaker and weaker.
2: At this point, the Bells had had enough. They decided to enlist the help of their friend and neighbor, James Johnston. James and his wife decided to see what all the hullabaloo was about and spent the night at the Bell home to see if there really was all this strange behavior the Bells told them about. While they were skeptical at first, the Johnstons soon realized the Bells weren't just ringing in their ears. During the night, the Johnstons' bed covers were yanked off their bed and James was slapped. And we're not just talking about the fooling around Johnston did with his wife in bed. Heyo, James then sprang out of bed, exclaiming, In the name of the Lord, who are you and what do you want? The entity did not respond. The rest of the night went on without any incident. The next morning, James explained to the Bells that the ghost was likely an evil spirit, the kind that the Bible talks about. And like a game of telephone, the word spread about the Bells' ghost problem yeesh what kind of friend was james johnston huh the bells entrust him with their ghost experience and he spreads that story all over town
1: uh i mean you're one to talk andy it's kind of like the time i told you in confidence that i had that dream about the pepper biting guy from iron chef taking a big bite out of my ass
2: i felt the world and particularly at that moment the workers at the chipotle where i was really needed to know that information well now they won't serve me guac
1: they shouldn't serve you the fajita vegetables. <laughs> that too. I love those. I was a giant pepper and he kept taking a bite out of me and it happened to be my ass. I like cuisine. <laughs> well, you know what? Anyway, much like you, Andy, this bell turned out to be a real fucking blabbermouth, a real jabber jaw, a real yakety yak. Don't talk back. <laughs> <laughs> The ghost began to speak out loud and even responded to the bell's inquiries. Naturally, they asked the ghost, Who are you and what do you want? And the voice answered feebly, I am a spirit. I was once very happy, but have been disturbed. Now, throughout the renditions of the Bell Witch story, there are references to all the things the ghost may or may not have said. In one instance, the ghost stated it was here because the Bell House was built on a Native American burial ground. But, you know, searches for said burial plots were fruitless. Um, on one famous occasion, the witch recited perfectly the sermon of Reverend James Gunn. <laughs> I guess I guess that was before he uh, he wrote the sermon of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> All right. Okay. No. I don't get that joke. Yeah, quite. that joke was lost on you.
2: You know, it's the. I mean, Reverend James Gunn sounds
1: like he would be like some sort of old west preacher riding around <laughs> and shooting the devil. Yeah, with a gun. <laughs> Reverend James Gunn of Bethel Methodist Church, followed by the sermon of Sug Fort, another great name. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that they originally have been given at the same time, more than twelve miles apart, but somehow, the bell witch knew both sermons word for word. Uh, In other instances, the ghost sang hymns, quoted scripture and had intelligent conversations and loved to engage in religious arguments with the bells. Hell, this witch even enjoyed gossiping about other activities it saw in other households. Uh, (laughs) This is kind of a real 180 from all the spooky sounds and the torture. I mean, that's for sure. But you got to imagine that the bells were probably like under a lot of duress with this annoying, chatty ghost living in their house, getting into arguments with them about the Bible. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it could be annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this thing is like torturing you one minute and the next minute it wants to have this like in-depth discussion on uh, on uh, Mark chapter three.
2: What do you think about transmorgification? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to pull your eyes out. Yeah. Word about the Bell Witch spread so far and so wide that even Nashville got a hold of it, where then Major General Andrew Jackson became interested in the so-called Bell Witch. People were coming from miles away to visit the Bell Home and hopefully catch the Bell Witch in action. Now, we've used the terms entity, spirit, ghost, bell witch pretty interchangeably here, bunk funkers. And that's kind of how this story goes. Some people call it a spirit, while others call it the bell witch, even though it's not the classic green skin magic user on a broomstick cackling over a cauldron where there's children cooking because right. there's a house made out of sweet, delicious candy and baked goods.
1: <laughs> I'll get you my pretty. Or, you know,
2: your classic like slutty witch that you might see on Halloween. <laughs> um, or, yeah, you know, you've got your, um, you know, it's not Bette Midler. Uh, right, right. Yeah. i so Halloween down. Yep. It's, it's not, not one of those kind of witches. However, hocus pocus, hocus pocus, Focus, Pocus, you need to focus. Uh, however, there's another angle uh, that the spirit might have at one point said. It was, quote, the witch of a neighbor woman named Kate Batts, end quote. And we'll explain more on the Kate Batts angle later. But Kate, or the Bell Witch, said she had two main reasons for visiting the Bell home. The main one was to kill John Bell. Uh, for what reason, no one knows, because Kate never gave a reason why. The second reason was to stop John's youngest daughter Betsy from marrying a certain neighborhood boy named Joshua Gardner, and f- f- add friggin' authoritarian parenting to these witches' list of, amb- of attributes. yish yikes! This is a this is a little invasive for me. Talk about
1: helicopter parenting. There you go. I mean, you said it, Daddy O. Uh, the Bell Witch really had it out for John Bell and Betsy Bell in particular. Now, over the years, Betsy began to court a young man named Joshua Gardner, who lived nearby.
0: Aww.
1: And after they both got their parents' blessings, they were engaged to be married. Aww. And everyone was so happy for the young couple. Except that damn bell witch, who was a real butthurt about it. Aww. 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 The bell witch allegedly ordered Betsy not to marry Joshua. Betsy and Joshua could not go out to the river, the fields, or the cave to uh, quote-unquote play (laughs) (laughs) without the entity nagging them and being a chaperone. That's so annoying. The constant pressure was more than Betsy Bell could handle. Here's how Betsy described the torment. When the spirit became so tantalizing, filling my mind with horror, and causing me to become so nervous, my parents often sent me to a neighbor's to rest for the night. The first night away from home was spent with Tenny Thorn. When we retired there, came a loud knocking on our outside door, which seemed to fly open, and a great gust of wind was felt. Fenny sprang up at once and lit a candle. To our surprise, the door was not open. Then a voice spoke softly, Betsy. You should not have come over here. You know I can follow you anywhere. Now. Get a good night's sleep. A soft hand patted my cheek, and the voice again assured us that we would not be disturbed anymore that night. Wow, that's scary. Yeah, geez. uh, Oh, my
2: God. Can you imagine the door bursting open, and then somebody says,
1: Have a good night. And remember, in the morning... Have a good breakfast. It's one of the most important meals of the day. And then a pat on the cheek. Yikes! Yikes! Now, here's the thing, though, Andy. Family friend Frank Miles attempted to console Betsy and promised to protect her from the spirit. According to Betsy, quote, Frank was the most powerful man any of us ever saw and just as fearless as any living man. One time, he said to me, Come sit by me, little sister. Nothing will bother you while I am here. The witch responded, You go home, and you do no good here. The witch then began abusing Betsy, slapping her around, pulling her hair, before turning on Miles, knocking him over, and enraging him.
2: Betsy could eventually take it no more and called off her marriage to Joshua Gardner in 1820. Oddly enough, Betsy and Joshua's former schoolteacher, Professor Richard Powell, had been noticeably interested in Betsy for some time and had expressed interest in marrying
1: her When she became older, which is a little creepy, I guess. (laughs) He's 11 years her senior. Yeah. Taught her and then uh, waited for her to turn, like, whatever the equivalent of 18 was back in the 1800s. Yeah, it's creepy. Um, Powell
2: was allegedly an odd fella who was said to be a student of the occult, ventriloquism, a mathematical genius, and well-versed in horticulture and geology, as well as secretly married to a woman in nearby Nashville... Cal apparently expressed disappointment with Betsy's engagement to Joshua. Well, he got his way because in 1821, Betsy Bell married him and the two left and settled in Mississippi. Uh, Mm. Anywho, after Betsy left, the hauntings decreased, but the Bell Witch still headed out for John Bell, relentlessly vowing to kill him. Bell was still experiencing twitching in his face and difficulty swallowing for almost a year, and his malady grew worse and worse, and was believed to be caused by the Bell Witch. By the fall of 1820, his declining health had confined him to the house, where the malicious witch continuously removed his shoes when he tried to walk, and slapped his face when he recovered from his numerous seizures, which would be horrible if it also wasn't a pretty sick prank. how <laughs> oh, are you going to walk, dummy, without your fucking shoes? Oh, you just got done having a seizure? Slap. <laughs> So the Bell Witch would scream at John Bell and curse him and call him Old Jack Bell, which was her nickname for him. Eh, yeah, stick to haunting Bell Witch. Your <laughs> roast game needs work. Yeah, gotta just pulling his shoes off when he tries to walk. Good, Old Jack Bell instead of John. Not that good.
1: Yeah, I don't get how that's a roast.
2: Yeah, I mean try harder. Uh, but by December twentieth of eighteen twenty, John Bell could take no more, and he died peacefully after slipping into a coma the day before. Immediately after his death, his family found a vial of strange black liquid in the cupboard. John Jr. sprinkled two drops on the cat's tongue. The cat jumped up into the air, rolled
1: over in midair, and was dead when it hit the floor. What the fuck did that cat ever do? I guess the Bells were big fans of Mondays and hated lasagna. You probably didn't even know what lasagna was. (laughs) Have you ever made a lasagna, John Bell? Yeah. Junior? Jeez Louise, that poor fucking cat. The bell witch then exclaimed, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him up. John Jr. then tossed the mysterious vial into the fireplace, and it burst into a bright blue flame and shot up the chimney. Like a like the fucking genie from Aladdin after he uh, eats a bunch man. of habaneros. Oh, man. This thing would have looked like
2: some si- friggin' sick, like, nitrous-boosted yeah. friggin' car. Yeah. Except it was a house. <laughs> Freaking blue flame and
1: come out of the exhaust. blue flames. <sniffs> Hell yeah, that's my favorite. Uh, fucking Gatorade flavor, blue flame. Blue flame. Um, Team Blue flame. <laughs> John Bell's funeral was one of the largest ever held in Robertson County, Tennessee. People attended from miles away, and th- not one, not two, but three preachers—two Methodists and one Baptist—eulogized him in what we here at Mister Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast are calling a cacophony of Christianity. That's three fucking preachers. Yeah. They almost had a full house of preachers. <laughs> now the Bell Witch crashed the funeral, disrupting the service and singing body drinking songs. I'm not gonna lie, the Bell Witch sounds like like a ton of fun, but it's like only that friend
2: you want to hang out with for one night because anymore, and it's like this is this is too much. I need to
1: chill and eat a salad. Yeah. This is a little yeah. This I'm tired. It's a lot. It's is, a lot. This is a lot. I'm tired. Now, as the crowd of mourners began leaving the graveyard, the Bell Witch laughed and didn't stop until the last mourner had left. Bell Witch didn't come around as much after that, save for a few occurrences, as though uh, it had fulfilled its purpose. John Bell's death was attributed to a spirit, and it's said that his death is the only death in American history attributed to a spirit. And that, dear Bunkfunkers, is basically the general story of the Bell Witch of Tennessee. However, that is not the whole enchilada on the topic. The story of the Bell Witch is great, but what makes it an American classic is all the fiexians. Ooh, oh baby, sour cream, cheese, green onions, bacon bits, you name it, this story has Um, You know, there's nothing more American than fucking Uh, For example, there are versions of the story of the Bell Witch, and we mentioned this briefly, where it is said to be the person Kate Batts. Now, Kate Batts was a real person. Mary Catherine Kate Batts. And she was believed to be behind the emergence of the Bell Witch. It was said that Kate's, quote, improper usage of words along with her sometimes strange ways led many to think she was practicing black magic or other forms of the occult, end quote. Which, I mean, is definitely the first conclusion you should come to when someone talks funny. I mean, it's, it's incredible. You haven't been accused of witchcraft yet (laughs) because
2: you talk really funny. Yeah. (laughs) So the reason Kate sent a spirit after John Bell was a result of their antagonistic relationship. Allegedly, Kate's husband's brother, Benjamin Batts, had a well-documented dispute with John Bell over the sale of a slave. And this culminated with Kate Batts and John Bell having a quote unquote quarrel over the matter, which then resulted in her conjuring up the Bell Witch out of revenge. Another fun fixin is the alleged story of Andrew Jackson's investigation into the Bell Witch. As we mentioned, John Bell Jr., along with his brothers Drury Drury Bell and Jesse Bell, had fought under General Andrew Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans. A few years later, in 1819, Jackson heard about the haunting of the Bell Witch at the Bell Home and decided to go check out all the hubbub. Jackson rode into Adams, Tennessee with several men, horses, and a large wagon, if you know what I mean. As they approached the Bell property, their wagon suddenly jolted to a stop. It had become stuck in a muddy creek bed, and the horses couldn't pull it out. They tried for several minutes to coax the horses to pull the wagon out, which, honestly, as someone who gets stuck in stuff a lot, that's really not a very long time. Uh, But anyway, they tried for a few minutes until Jackson proclaimed, By the Eternal Boys! that must be the bell witch. (laughs) And then he struck one of the men with his cane across the face. (laughs) Uh, Then suddenly the disembodied female voice of the bell, Witch told Jackson that they could proceed and that she would see them again later that evening. They were then able to proceed out of the mud and across the property, up the lane and to the bell home. That evening, old Hickory took old, uh, told old war stories while his entourage set up their tents in John and Lucy bells yard. It was growing late into the evening, however, and there were still no signs of the Bell Witch's return. One of Jackson's men claimed to be a witch tamer, uh, and he pulled out a shiny pistol and proclaimed that its silver bullet would kill any evil spirit that it came into contact with. He also said the reason the Bell Witch hadn't returned was because she was afraid of his silver bullet. So this is like a 19th century American Van Helsing. Yeah. Um, Immediately after saying that, Uh, The man started screaming in pain as his body began to jerk in different directions uh, and he began to complain that he was being struck with pins and beaten. The witch then literally kicked him in the ass which sent him flying out the bell's front door. The bell witch was friggin' peeved and announced to the group that, quote, there was yet another fraud in Jackson's party and that she would identify him the following evening. At this point, Jackson's men were Begging to leave the Bell home, but Old Hickory stood firm and wanted to stay to find out who this other fraud was. The men tried to go back to sleep in their tents, but still wanted to leave. There's ambiguity uh, up to the next events, but Jackson and his crew were spotted in nearby Springfield early the next morning, going back to Nashville. Some allege that Jackson later proclaimed, "I would rather fight the
1: British at New Orleans than fight the Bell Witch." <laughs> Something went down between old Hickory and that witch. Do you think they fucked? Probably. Probably. Uh, So uh, after the death of John Bell and the dissolvement of Betsy and Joshua's engagement, the Bell Witch told the widow, Lucy Bell, that it was going to go on a seven-year sabbatical and then return. Um, The Bell Witch kept her word and returned in 1828 as promised. She visited the son of John and Lucy, John Bell Jr., and honestly... Seemed like a rather pleasant visit. Uh, The entity discussed the origin of life, civilizations, Christianity, and the need for a major spiritual reawakening in the country. It also predicted that there would be a civil war in America. And there was some 33 years later. Yeah. Um, The bell witch then pleasantly bade uh, farewell. And after three weeks of hanging out and after three weeks of (laughs) maybe overstaying her welcome. Yeah. But she's hung around for three weeks with John Bell Jr. and then uh, left out after chatting. She promised to return in 107 years visiting the closest living Bell descendant. Seven years went great. Let's try another hundred. Yeah. Flash forward 107 years to 1935 and the closest living descendant, a direct descendant at the time, was Nashville physician Dr. Charles Bailey Bell, a neurologist and John Bell's Sr.'s great-grandson. Now... We don't really know for certain if the Bell Witch ever returned, or if she ever really left, Um, but Dr. Charles Bell did publish a book about the Bell Witch in 1934 titled The Bell Witch, A Mysterious Spirit, likely to raise awareness about the Witch's return in the following year. The Bell Witch may have returned for a few years later in 1937 when Lewis Garrison, or Louis Garrison, uh, owner of the farm that included the infamous Bell Witch Cave, which was a cave near the old Bell Farm property, started hearing unexplainable noises coming from inside. Bell descendants described the sound of something rubbing against the house, a paper-like object that flew out the door and re-entered through a side door, and a faint music heard from a piano. Now, a bunch of people were attending a wiener roast in the local rock quarry, you know, your classic quarry wiener roast. Oh, we've all been there. Hanging out at the local quarry, roasting up a couple roasting of wieners. Roasting wieners down at the quarry. That's what you do. And they were joking about the Bell Witch. Legend saying, oh, that Bell Witch legend, that ain't nothing but hoo-ha. But hoo-ha? That ain't nothing but an old wives' tale. That ain't nothing but pish-posh. Pish-posh. pa." But then they saw the figure of a woman sitting on top of the cliff over the bell witch cave, causing them to flee in fright. They thought they saw the bell witch. There's the story of a
2: family friend of the bells, William Porter, who claimed that the bell witch climbed into bed with him. And this allowed him to capture the spirit in his bedclothes. And he attempted to throw the bell witch into his fire, but apparently he failed because it weighed so much and stank so bad. (laughs) Not going to lie. I think William Porter just wanted everyone to, in town to know he definitely
1: wasn't a virgin and he could
2: totally have sex with a ghost if he wanted to.
1: Uh, f- <laughs> My girlfriend? Yeah, you guys wouldn't know her. She uh, goes to a school in a different realm of existence. <laughs> she
2: smells real bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then there is the account of one of the
2: Bell family slaves, Dean. He said the Bell witch also tormented him and would frequently follow him around the farm in, in, uh, in the form of a large black dog or wolf, sometimes with two heads. He also said she turned him into a donkey and attacked him on several occasions to protect himself from the witch. He carried an axe with him and a witch ball, which was supposed to help off the war, to help ward off the witch's influence. In another story, Dr. Mize, a noted conjurer from Simpson, Kentucky, came to exorcise the witch and was mocked and frightened away.
1: Big Indian art energy on this guy. <laughs> yeah, showed up to try and do something and then was mocked right in the way. Mocked so bad he got
2: scared off. <laughs> uh, just like us. Uh, and finally, here's some more modern Bell Witch sightings. In 1986, a writer for the Tennessean, David Gerard, and photographer Bill Wilson were given permission to sleep in the Bell Witch cave overnight. Presumably for a story on the cave and not just because these guys were two bros who liked to role play as Yogi and Boo Boo. That's right. But we don't know for sure. We don't know for sure. While in the first cave room, they heard a strange noise from deeper in the cave. Subsequently, they heard an quote unquote unwavering groan, uh, which is probably the noise that I make when I get out of bed in the morning. Um, but this unwavering groan was repeated again, but louder along with several loud thumps. Uh, or this
1: This better not be one of your fanfics again. Andy, I would never write smut fanfic about Yogi Bear. His meditation techniques helped me find my inner picnic basket. Oh, jeez. Well, the men in the cave heard the groans and thumps a third time
2: and didn't wait to see if it was a Ranger Joe.
0: They got out of there.
2: They tried to search near the entrance for the source of the noise, but found nothing, so they went back in. Then they heard a loud rumble, so they left again. (laughs) Turns out the rumble was from a jet plane, but when they reached the entrance for the third time, they heard a loud, high-pitched scream from
1: inside the cave. The journalist left without spending the night. In 1987, H.C. Sanders, uh, owner of a nearby gas station, reported that 20 years earlier, so that would have been 1967, that he ran out of gas uh, at night near the Red River across from the Bellwich Cave. So he got out of his car and began to walk towards town trying to get more gas when a rabbit came out of the woods and began to follow him. Sanders thought it peculiar at first, but then walked a little bit faster. But the rabbit kept pace with him, and then he broke out into a run, and still the rabbit was following him. After a mile, Sanders sat down on a log to catch his breath. The rabbit then hopped up on the other side of the log, looked at him, and said, Hell of a race we had there, wasn't it? Oh, I'm calling bullshit on
2: this one. Yeah, Bell Witch stole that right from Bugs Bunny's playbook. Give
1: credit where credit is due, Bell Witch. Mm, yeah, well, that's a Bugs Bunny bit. That's that's a very Bugs Bunny-esque. And Andy, I'm not going to lie, it seems like maybe you're getting a little bit heated on the Bell Witch and you might want to get into some of the skeptics' take. Yeah, I want to hear what the skeptics have to say. Okay. You're, like, glaring at me. I want to hear what the skeptics You're have You're pissed to say. about this Bugs Bunny bit. Oh, my God.
2: Nobody besmirches the fucking name, uh, steals the bits of Bugs Bunny. Good Lord, Andy is One of our up. premier comedians in Jeez. history of humanity.
1: Wow. Well, <sighs> bunk bunkers. much like any other story involving ghosts or the paranormal, the only thing the skeptics really have to say is, I mean, it's just an old, old story passed on through generation to generation. I mean, especially since descendants of the Bell family still exist and reside in the Adams area to this day. They say it's just a legend with absolutely no verifiable proof, and because it's so old, it's one of the earliest known American hauntings, it just sort of had this, like, legacy and myth surrounding it, which, according to skeptics, doesn't. It makes it cool, but doesn't give it proof. Now, According to renowned skeptic, handsome Brian can't lock these good looks behind bars. Dunning. <laughs> uh, here's a quote from that guy <laughs> from handsome, from old, from old handsome. Brian can't lock these good looks behind bars. Dunning. Yeah. Vague stories indicate that there was a witch in the area. All the significant facts of the story have been falsified and the others come from a source of dubious credibility. Since no re- reliable, documentation of any actual events exists, there is nothing worth looking into. Brian then concludes with, I chalk up the Bell Witch as nothing more than one of the many unsubstantiated folk legends, vastly embellished and popularized by an opportunistic author of historical fiction.
2: Yowza! HBD really shivved the Bell Witch story there. Jeez. <laughs> Straight up carved it out of a toothbrush and oh my shivved her. God shivved. Shiv this story hard Yeah in the showers Jeez push this story Down in the shower And shiv the fuck Out of it God damn felonious HBD felonius HBD But what does the Beery <laughs> Beery Fuck But what does the Berry skeptic Joe Nickel Have to say About the bill? The bell witch Shockingly He doesn't think It's a black bear Oh my god So buckle up Bug bunk bunkers <laughs> Joe, old Joe Nickel, uh, big bear, papa bear Joe Nickel, says that uh, Betsy Bell was likely full of shit and that anyone who truly knows her knew she was a known liar. Bunk We'd also like to note that Joe Nickel penned this skeptical take from within his diary late one night after Betsy Bell said he couldn't sit with her at the cafeteria lunch table. (laughs) Oh Betsy Bell's such a bitch
0: She's
1: so so stuck up She's such a liar Everyone knows she's a liar She's a liar She never tells the truth about anything I don't understand why people like her She totally turned Samantha and Daisy against me And now I have no one to sit with at the lunch table I have nobody now except my black bear Pete (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Poor Joe. We, you could sit at our lunch table, Joe. Yeah, Joe Nickel. You can sit with us all day, baby. The misfits.
2: Uh, Joe believes this is a case of Betsy Bell making up the entire story simply to cause mischief. And it just so happened that the story was good enough to catch on and carry on over the years. Some skeptics get a little darker with the Betsy angle and say that John Bell abused her and beat her. And she created the Bell Witch myth as a result of the trauma. Now... This might be a first. We have a skeptic's take on a skeptic's take. Wow. So double skepticism here. According to Pat Fitzhugh, a prolific researcher of the Bell Witch story and author of The Bell Witch Haunting and The Bell Witch, the full account, the so-called abuse theory stands no ground and lacks any evidence at all and, quote, has been popularized by several books, magazines, and websites which, in my opinion, are seeking an easy, scandalous, and convenient closure to the legend. John Bell was a living human being. He is no longer here to defend himself. I feel it is very rude, disrespectful, and self-serving for people to accuse him of something so horrible. Such a serious accusation of criminal act requires probable cause and proof beyond a reasonable doubt. That's the law. He is innocent until proven guilty. I have directly requested proof from several of the quote-unquote abuse theorists, and I am still waiting for it years later.
1: Ah, past sick debunking is going to be haunting the dreams of those scandalous publications. Yowza!
2: Yowza! That's the law, even though they weren't trying to bring formal charges against them or anything, yeah. Pat Fitzhugh, so <laughs> that burden of proof doesn't really apply. Oh, God.
1: But wow. hey! Triple skeptics take! But hey,
2: who am I? Other than somebody who knows that you don't have to follow the law to say a thing, Pat Fitzhugh. <laughs> Good Lord, and he's fired up. You don't need probable cause to say Pat Fitzhugh. Fitzhugh is a fucking dummy. Although by this quote, I can tell that I do have probable cause to say that.
0: <gasps>
1: wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Good Lord. We have had like four or five skeptics taking, I guess each other. You want to skeptic get... check me? <laughs> yeah. The skeptics are tearing each other apart. <laughs> skeptics don't turn on each other. So let's talk about the skeptics take on the whole Kate bat bats angle of the Bellwitch story Many skeptics feel that the Bellwitch story really only shows like true signs of a haunting at the beginning of the story. And the later portions, with her discussing scripture and like singing drinking songs at a funeral, is kind of uh, embellished, to say the least. Wow. Part of that embellishment may be the Kat's, Kate Batts angle. As we said, Kate Batts was a real person alive during the time of the Bellwitch hauntings. And I mean, there's no record of Kate Batts holding a grudge or having any altercations with John Bell. Um, Bell and Benjamin Batts did indeed have a recorded dispute that is verifiable over the trading of a of a slave. But there's no evidence of Kate being peeved at Bell for this dispute. I mean, there's not even proof that Kate was even close with Benjamin Batts. So others think that Kate was pissed at John Bell over a land dispute. But that, too, is false. However, John Bell did get into a recorded, verifiable land dispute with one Josiah Fort. So skeptics believe that maybe many people have confused Kate as being a part of these disputes when really she had nothing to do with any of them. Jesus Christ. John Bell? Lawyer the fuck up, dude. You better fucking hit the gym and delete Facebook, bro, because you're getting in disputes with people and you need to follow some advice. Follow follow the advice of uh, some people who are in the know. Yeah, Fucking right. hit the gym, lawyer up, delete Facebook. Yeah. So if Kate Batts had no beef with John Bell, then there wouldn't be no reason to curse him or conjure the Bell Witch on him. I mean, assuming any of the skeptics are buying into that whole idea of a quote-unquote odd woman, odd for 1800 standards, by the way, automatically meant she practiced black magic. But Amy F- uh, Fluker, a researcher of the what? <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to say Flucker. <laughs>
2: I could see it coming. It was like, a, oh, no, Fluker. It's like it's like I was watching a train coming down the tracks, and I could see that the switch was off, so the train was going to derail, and you were going to say Flucker. <laughs> but then at the last minute, the the switch went, and the train just continued on the track. Amy
1: Flucker. I said it. I know it was up. <laughs> a researcher of the Mississippi version of the leg- of the legend, with while affiliated with the University of Mississippi has expressed that the Bell Witch legend has other value. Quote, As a historian of collective memory, it matters very little to my research if hauntings are real or not. It does matter that people believe they are. As a result, they can help us understand the perspectives, in this case, of 19th and 20th century Americans. End quote. And that's a great segue. Thank you, Amy. Flucker. Fluker. Fluker. Because next, let's talk about how friggin' influential the Bell Witch story has been on pop culture, real or not. The Bell Witch
2: is easily one of the most hogged-out Chad hauntings of all Americana. It's considered the most studied haunted house story in America, and there are some 20 books written about this this story alone. Most prominently are the two earliest accounts of the story, 1894's Authenticated History of the Bell Witch by M.V. Ingram, and 1934's The Bell Witch, A Mysterious Spirit by Charles Bailey Bell. Known as the Red Book and the Black Book, respectively, these accounts are the basis of many modern-day accounts of the legend. Then there are the numerous plays and folk songs written about the Bell Witch. There's
1: even a doom metal band from Seattle named Bell Witch, who famously don't have a guitarist. And wow. it's a two-person band. Wow. Uh, so if you like doom metal... We mentioned it earlier, but the Bellwitch cave is tangentially related to the Bellwitch story. Um, you know, the cave was on the property once owned by John Bell. And even though it in reality played little to almost no role in the actual story, right. um, you know, it was on the property and therefore today is considered haunted by the Bellwitch. <laughs> yeah. Many visitors go to the cave and have claimed their own paranormal experiences. The cave was placed on the National Historical Registry by the United States Department of the Interior in April of 2008.
2: Let's all go to the movies, let's all go to the movies, let's all go to the movies and watch a scary ghost film. Let's all go to the lobby, the (laughs) chocolate bars and the candy. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some treats. Oh... And I messed it up The sparkling drinks are just dandy The chocolate bars and the candy Let's all go to the lobby And watch a scary ghost film And maybe use the restroom while we're up You might as well You already got up from the movie theater Better to do it now than to try to do it later.
1: But there's going to be a lot of people in line. You're going to have to wait and piss in a trough. And that sometimes can feel weird looking at someone else's cock. But it's not that bad at
2: all uh, if you're secure in your own self. You can look at someone's genitals. Incidentally. <laughs> But don't go staring at other people's <laughs> genitals because that's really not the point of a communal trough. But you can do, you might see it on accident, and that's totally okay. You don't have to make it weird. Arguably, <laughs> one of the Bell Witch's greatest contributions was its influence on cinema, including the Poltergeist film series, the found footage paranormal activity film series. The Witch released in 2015, and of course, The Blair Witch Project. Oh, my God. I was so into The Blair Witch when it first came out. I started shoving my face into other people's cameras as a fun homage to the movie. Oh, man. People would get so scared and freaked out just like the movie. Yeah. You would just find people. Anybody using a camera. Yeah. And I just stick my face right in there, and I go, it's so scary. <laughs> I'm so scared right now.
1: Oh, and they get so freaked out. Oh, they were, do But they, then
2: yeah. they go, oh, I get it, Blair Witch. Yeah,
1: as you're being arrested. Yeah,
2: well, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have done it to so many police body cams. <laughs> anyway, here's some other Bell Witch-inspired movies. There was The Bell Witch Haunting from 2004, 2005's An American Haunting, 2007's Bell Witch, the movie, Uh, The Bell Witch Legend in 2008, The Bell Witch Haunting in 2013, and 2020's The Mark of the Bell Witch. Which, I mean, pretty incredible that a movie came out in 2020.
1: Yeah, well, it was a documentary. Oh, okay.
2: And, of course, there's plenty of television programs following The Bell Witch. Notably, Ghost Adventures filmed an episode at the Bell Witch Cave. Now, did Zach Baggins get freaked out and
1: run away? You betcha, probably. Uh, Much like Flatwoods, West Virginia with the Flatwoods Monster or Point Pleasant in uh, also West Virginia uh, with the Mothman, Adams, Tennessee has a ton of fun with the Bell Witch. And that's so fun. There's the Bell Witch Bluegrass Festival. so You can go on picking and picking and running away from terror. Yeah. Uh, Moss's Restaurant in Adams was home to the former Bell Witch Cafe and Tea Room. And every October is the Bell Witch Fall Festival where they put on a play retelling the story of the Bell Witch, known as the Spirit Play. Wow, what a nice play. Thousands of people go in attendance. People from all of the world have attended to go view the story of the Bell Witch as told by uh, amateur actors in Adams, Tennessee. Well, bonefunkers, we hope you enjoyed this haunting tale from way back when. I guess we can definitively say we know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Tolls for thee, Bellwitch. What do you make of the Bellwitch story? What thexians are your favorites? And have you ever encountered the Bellwitch? Let us know. Of course, uh, at your next rock quarry wiener roast, as you gather around the fire and begin to tell tall tales of frightening frolics with freaky phantoms, be sure to look up. What you'll be sure to see is two spectral figures posing, kissing their non-existent muscles and maybe also making lewd shadow puppets on the mouth of the cave wall. But regardless, fear not. Do not flee. For it is just your ghostly co-hosts here to bring you another heaping, creeping, paranormal peeping of the whole enchilada.
0: Hell's bells!
1: Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, welcome back, Bunk Funkers. That was our research of the Bell Witch. The Bell Witch, the Bell Witch.
2: Ring my bell. How's that song go? you you can ring my bell which ring my bell, which um fun story, Andy, ah, oh, what a great story, huh I mean, this is an intense, bizarre haunting, do you think so? i mean this i mean the the sheer roller coaster this this spirit takes you on, yeah uh from one minute, you know stretching your muscles and sticking you with pins and Mm -hmm. paralyzing you knocking all over the house knocking on the house pulling your shoes off while you try to walk to the next minute uh, having in-depth intelligent
1: conversations with you sharing the secrets of life this seems like a ghost you would like because uh you famously or maybe infamously Read the Bible cover to cover because you were uh, interested in reading the whole Bible cover to cover. And so you probably could have a great discussion with this. I'd bell be witch. interested to hear what this bell witch had to say about the Bible. What, what what would
2: you like to bring up to the bell witch about the Bible? I want to bring up that seance they did in the Old Testament. Which one? Uh, Where they they contact, uh, what is it, Old King Saul and he died. Old
1: King Saul, he played hen. He played, bl- bling, 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 King hen, he's coming home. But they use, they go to see
2: some witch, and they like do a seance, and they contact him from beyond the grave. That's kind of badass. Yeah,
1: that's in the Bible. There's a lot of pieces of the Bible that read like a fucking uh, Dungeons and Dragons book. (laughs) Like this fucking, uh, especially the Old Testament. There's like when God is like very vengeful and like mean as fuck, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna smite the shit out of this planet and this (laughs) this planet, this city. Hey, Sodom and Gomorrah, quit fucking each other in the ass. I'm gonna smite y'all, and you look at it. I'm gonna turn you into salt." Pew, 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 pew. And it's like, oh, fuck. Well, I mean, God pretty much was like, you know what? This whole thing got
2: fucked. I'm just going to flood it. Yeah. I mean, but Noah, you're cool. Bring your kids. Yeah. And then after that, Noah gets drunk and one of his sons sees him naked. <laughs> what? After the flood. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They're all, they're all like living in tents and Noah gets drunk one well, night. On the ark And no? one of his sons walks into his tent and sees him naked and, uh. It becomes this mark of shame. That's why the wait, what? Yeah, the descendants of that uh, son of Noah are like evil because man. he saw him naked. You saw your father. You're not allowed to see your father naked.
1: Can't see your father. Not even dick? on accident. Jesus. You ever seen your father's dick? I mean, who hasn't seen their dad's dick? <laughs> yeah, right. At some point, it's a classic. So we're all evil now, and that's why. That's why we all see our father's dicks. Maybe you're a little kid and you just learned how to button your jeans for the first time in your life. So you were really excited and you wanted to go tell your parents about it. So you walked in on your dad using the bathroom. <laughs> Maybe that happened to somebody. I don't know. And you were like, I don't know how, what age you might've been. Like in five or six, Who knows? <laughs> okay. 19, 20. All right, fine. 26, 27. <laughs> It's still fine. Whoever this person was, it was a big deal for them because they had never learned how to button their jeans. Big milestone. Well. Wow. Well, you know, raw denim's hard to button. <laughs> Not all raw denim has um, button flies, but most of them do. That's true. Good, good, good pull, Andy. Good pull. Um, I think traditionally, salvage raw denim will have your classic button fly, but you can have some raw denim that doesn't. And you know what? Some days, it's kind of nice having that zipper fly instead of the button fly. Buttonfly takes more work. You get really used to it, though. Like, you get really fast at it. Yeah. I can say that. How From many spent? buttons? There's like Three?
2: Four, four or five.
1: Four or five. That's yeah. a lot of buttons. Done. So you would talk about that seance in the Bibble with the Bell Witch? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably talk about, you know, Noah's nudity. It's kind of fucked up, up man.
2: Yeah. What the fuck's that rule all about? I don't know. I wish I knew. But I don't. I don't have all the answers. But that's um. but that's why you know humanity's corrupt now, and it's okay for us to see our parents' our parents' penises. Mm. If you have yeah. a parent and they have a penis, you can see it.
1: Yeah, and it's fine because we're already corrupted. Mm. Um, what do you think, Andy? Does does the Bell Witch deserve to be the quote unquote greatest American haunting? Now, obviously, we haven't covered every fucking haunting story in the world, but we've covered a handful. Um. San Pedro Haunting, um, a few hauntings in Las Vegas. Um, you know, the, there's a few others scattered around there that I'm blanking on right now because we have uh, amassed a decent little back catalog. But uh, what do you think? Is this the greatest American haunting? Does this does this make your mount haunt more? I don't know if I can say that definitively. But. anyville Horror, we haven't discussed that. Yeah, that's a good one. But this is a pretty good one. You think it's decent? It's a decent haunt, I think. You know, this one has a lot of things going for it. It has legacy. It's pretty old. Yeah. It stood the test of time. A yeah. lot of people have written about it. Yeah. It's inspired a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Um obviously there's uh there's a lot of fun fiexans Yeah, it's a fun story. Um obviously some of the fiexans get a little silly. Yeah. Which is also fun. I like that.
2: I do. I I enjoy the fun aspect of it. It's like I so. I if I'm if I'm grading the whole package, like I don't know, I'd probably give this a B plus. That's a passing grade. It's a passing grade. There's nothing wrong with a B plus. I mean, I don't know that this is like a ghost story where I go, Oh my god, this is such a good ghost story, but right. you know, I'm like, this is a fun story. It's a fun one. It's a fun one. And I don't blame people in Tennessee for like it's the same thing with a Flatwoods monster with a Mothman. Oh, we always I, say this. I don't blame people for, for latching on to this Yak legacy. It up. Yeah. Make the most of it. Because you're, you're, you're a small
1: town. You got to do what you got to do to get by, baby. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, yeah. You come by the Moss's restaurant. Sometimes you might see that Bell Witch. And, and the lady who owns the the Moss's restaurant says, yeah, we've had some signs of the Bell Witch. But you know what? You have some things flying across the room. We say, just say we say, hey, Bell Witch, we're busy now. Okay, can you all uh, go scatter, skedaddle, and uh, leave us alone? We're busy today. Bell Witch respects. Respects what's going on over there at Moss's restaurant. Yeah. This is not a uh this is not a rude ghost, not today. I mean, maybe this John Bell did something to piss off this fucking ghost John John Bell is a problem. I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, John Bell, interesting guy, got into a lot of fucking disputes so much so that he eventually gets kicked out of the Red River Baptist Church,
2: yeah, yeah. he gets excommunicated. John Bell is a contentious
1: man <laughs> and he makes enemies of everybody, including ghosts. John Bell has an interesting kind of history as well. Uh, why would a man who was so successful, prominent in North Carolina, why move to Tennessee and start all over again? Why did he need to do that? Well,
0: probably There's something there. A
1: bunch of disputes with people. Probably got <laughs> into a bunch of fucking disputes with people. This <laughs> Bell fella. Yeah. So. Um. What about your favorite fixin', Zandy? You go for that little old hickory smoked or uh, baddie banana flavor? What do you think? Um,
2: my favorite side story to this is, I don't know, maybe, maybe at John Bell's funeral. You like that part? Yeah, that's
1: probably my favorite part. That's actually part of the main story. Oh, that's part of the main story? It's not a fixin', oh, but, but talk about why it's your favorite. I don't know, it's just funny that it's like she sang songs and fucking trolled his funeral. Yeah, she's
2: like celebrating that he's dead at the funeral, laughing as mourners leave and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a pretty sick, fucking badass move.
1: You gotta you gotta give the Bell Witch props for sticking to her guns. Um, you know, I think a lot of times in a story, you might you know a lot, a lot of stories like to have a happy ending with where it's like, oh, the Bell Witch felt remorse and learned her lesson. It's like, nah, no, Bell Witch is like, nah, no, fuck that guy. Fuck him, he's dead. I told you my purpose was to kill that motherfucker, and I did it. I did it by giving him some sort of
2: unknown black liquid that also killed the cat. Yeah. Um, I don't really like the Kate Bat angle. It's kind of stupid. Yeah. It kind of, it's like, oh, okay. Like, it's sort of flimsy to begin with. And then when it's like, oh, there's probably no actual connection to this at all. It's like, oh, well, this kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, so I guess I got to go with Andrew Jackson. Well, you're a
1: history buff. You're a history hog. Yeah, oink oink. Um, And so I would imagine that the Andrew Jackson angle was one of your favorites because it's, you know, historical figure. Andrew Jackson kind of sucks ass. He was kind of a dick. (laughs) Yeah, he kind of sucks ass, dude.
2: Like he he fucking sucks worse than the Bell Witch. (laughs) I'd rather live with the Bell Witch than Andrew Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Andrew Jackson and John Bell probably would have murdered each other. Probably. If they had known each other. Well, they did.
1: They knew each other? Well, I think I, so.
2: He went there. Yeah, I forget when he they went there. They have a pre-existing relationship?
1: No, I think he went there in 18-something. Yeah, before John Bell died. Um. Yeah, but I mean, you know, if
2: they had been like, if they had a relationship. Right, right, right. More you. than just they met each other. Uh, although, you know, surprising that that didn't turn into a murder. These are guys that love to shoot each other. Andrew Jackson shoot at anybody. He get into a lot of duels. Yeah, he was a known dueler. Really? Yeah. Known dueler. Um I mean he was He was, was an, a doula, was he? He was like the Yeah, he was. He was a doula! Well,
1: <laughs> oh, how many babies did he take care of? Oh a lot. <laughs> a lot.
2: Uh he was also the host of the uh 19th century uh game show, Duel or No Duel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And famously, also the inventor of O'Doul's. Yeah, yeah, that's true.
2: The famous non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he also invented uh, dual-screen gaming. He <laughs> uh, invented, um, uh, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I guess I guess I hate Kate Bat's angle so much that I'm gonna go Andrew Jackson.
1: Wow. Okay. Not the Wiener Roast, not any of the modern oh, the, sightings. Can the Wiener Roast Those be? Those are its, all the fixins. Can the Wiener Roast be its own thing? Those are the fixins.
2: It's hard to separate fact from fixins here. Like, what is the story and what counts <laughs> as a fix? The story,
1: like, officially for me, ends when John Bell dies? John Bell dies. That's He's the end of the story. The end, and the ghost
2: goes away and comes back seven years later. And then ...goes away for another 107 years. That's all
1: fixins. The ghost coming back is all fixins. That's all fixins. Those are fixins. Okay. So they can be part of the story. It's like these are different things that people consider parts of the story. They're fixins. Okay. <laughs> like, Andy, if you had a fucking baked potato... ...or I think as they call it in the UK, a jacket potato... Right. What if I had
2: a jacked potato? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: a potato oh. I stole.
1: Oh, please. Here, Here's Andy goes again, bringing up his failed Mr. Potato Head concept mr fucking jack but it's, it's oh this mr. potato is so yoked uh, out yeah, no. i mean mr potato head gets has basically a midlife crisis he doesn't find mrs potato head sexy anymore or mrs potato head doesn't find him sexy anymore so he goes on trt yeah he's and, real impotent and stuff <laughs> or i guess can't sustain an erection yeah i guess he would go on gmo and he starts uh you know yeah. taking taking growth hormones and starts becoming jacked <laughs> yeah he went to monsanto and <laughs> had his dna modified <laughs> he went to a Monsanto certified doctor who gave him the good stuff. He starts injecting it. in. so this toy has you into know, that flap in his ass, right? This famously, Mr. Potato head has a flap in his ass where he can keep all of his attachments. But your version of Mr. Jack potato head, um, has a hole where that flap should be, where you can plug in a rubber needle, right? To inject him into his ass, a, a
2: toy syringe.
1: He's got beefy arms. Um, instead of his angry eyes, he has roid rage eyes. Yeah. Uh, and he has
2: his own like very small set of testicles that you can stick on <laughs> as well.
1: And uh, you've also got little plugs for back knee that you can put all over him. In yeah. different. yeah.
2: they different look areas. like they look like eyes of potatoes, like an old potato. They look like eyes, but they're a little
1: like red and irritated. Shocking that that failed and nobody wanted to buy that up. Yeah,
2: I don't get it. Like this is probably some of this Tipper Gore bullshit where yeah. people are like, "Oh, you know, a potato that's actively using steroids isn't a good toy for kids." <laughs> and it's like, well, how are they going to learn about how to use steroids yeah. unless you know Jack Potato shows them?
1: Um, famously, uh, when I was when I was a kid and all my cousins were kids, um, at our grandparents' house, they had an original Mr. Potato Head. And that was like one of my grandparents had like no fucking toys or anything fun in their house. They were like, uh, it was just a uh, kind of a soulless abode. Um, and like this old fucking Mr. Potato Head, it was like a the toy because it was one of the only toys So that was like the fucking toy to get your hands on when you had to go stay at grandma's. One story. What'd you do with that? You just uh, build them. You know, maybe do funny stuff like put one of his arms and where his nose should be, and then he had a fucking arm for a nose, it's like <laughs> fucking goofball, <laughs> fucking goofy as Mister Potato. Got fucking, you got fucking arm for the nose. Come on, dude. Hey, cousin, come check this out, dude. Look, I put, I put his eyes where his fucking mouths would be, dude. That's so silly. Aren't you forty-one years old? I'm forty-one. <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh grandma and grandpa haven't lived in this house for 20 years okay whatever dude oh well you got to call on the boys trying to get me arrested come on dude um no andy much like a baked potato different people have different fixings that they want to put on it not everybody wants sour cream butter cheese Green onions, uh, bacon bits. I understand the concept of fixings. I don't think you do because <laughs> <I> don't <laughs> you don't get where the line is with the story. I don't understand what which parts are the baked potato and which parts are the fixins. The baked potato starts in eighteen seventeen when the Bell Witch first shows up and starts making creepy. I get that. Okay, the dog faced rabbit that is the first. That's part of the that's potato. The, start. the end is I I believe that that the Bell Witch getting. Betsy and Joshua Gardner to break up is part of the main story. Right. Some people consider that a fixin'. I disagree. I think it's part of the main story.
2: But see, there you go. That's that, hence because why I'm confused.
1: The Bell Witch has two goals in life. Yeah. To kill John Bell and to make sure Betsy Bell did not marry Joshua Gardner. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Joshua Gardner seems part and parcel to the story. Um, now, Betsy Bell and her former school teacher. Uh, got married in 1821, which is after after John, John Bell, Bell died. died. So, so that's uh, a fixin'. No, that's just a fact. That's a fact. It has nothing to do with the story. That's that has nothing to do with the story. The okay. point is that she got Betsy and Joshua to break up. So then fixins would be things like the Kate Bell, the Andrew Jackson part. The because some people say that Jack Andrew Jackson just heard about the story and was interested in it. Other Although people. you could
2: say, arguably, that that's, that's part of the potato because that all happened within the span of the Bell
1: Witch's original haunting. It might have. Yeah. So it, it could, be, could be part of the potato. But not for our case. Not for the Mr. Bunker version of the potato. What Mr. Bunker <laughs> is serving for dinner. So just fucking figure it out. Well, then the Corey <laughs> re- weenie roast is my favorite. <laughs> Thank you. That's the correct
2: That's answer. That's better than, than Andrew Jackson. Better than Kate Bats. Yeah. Better than any
1: other thing you could consider a fixin'. I kind of like the William Porter guy who's just like, nah, I tried to get rid of that Bill Witch. The way you get rid of a witch is you got a dresser in your clothes and then pick her up and throw her in a fire. And people <laughs> are like, okay. And he's like, and lay
2: naked in your bed and Uh, wait for the witch to get in there with you and people like okay well and And then you wrap (laughs) her up in your bed clothes and then toss her in the fire but god damn be
1: careful i couldn't do it it stunk too bad and she was so heavy i could have if i wanted to but damn she was heavy and too stinky even for someone like me a total not virgin a dude who has had sex before and is very strong and people were like um (laughs) Sir, 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 this is a roadside tavern. <laughs> Do you want a baked potato or not? Sir, this is a roadside tavern called Wendy's Roadside Tavern. Do you I'm want Wendy, a baked potato? I'm the
2: proprietor of this establishment.
1: Would you like a baked potato or not? We also I could have, have s- had sex with that ghost. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah. yeah, I will take a baked potato and a chili. And two season a while. Uh, two chilies in a wall. Two chilies in a wall, please. Um, I love that part. I, I also like Doctor Miz. Yeah. Uh, that's fucking hilarious to me that this guy is like, "I will save the day, Excelsior!" And they're like, "Get the fuck out of here, nerd." It's like, oh, <laughs> back to Kentucky with me. <laughs> uh, it is pretty funny.
2: But a but a quarry weenie roast. Ah, oh, I mean, come on,
1: classic. A heading a down to the roast? quarry to roast up wieners <laughs> <In the> quarry <laughs> why hang out in the quarry i don't know we sat in the bucket of the front loader <laughs> roasted our weenies <laughs> i can't think of somewhere like less comfortable to hang out than a fucking quarry yeah why don't you hang out in like a field sitting on some logs and stuff now i mean i've i've i grew up in a place you where grew they're... up in a quarry <laughs> i grew up in a quarry because my dad was fred
2: flintstone <laughs> <laughs> And you're Bam Bam. Yeah, I'm Bam Bam. Bam Bam Bam. That used to be my catchphrase. Bam Bam Bam. <laughs> but now I can yabba dabba do whatever I want because
1: <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> Barney, quit roasting up my wieners. Oh, uh, geez, Fred. I'm oh, so sorry, Fred. I'm sorry, Fred, I didn't mean to roast your weenie. Oh, sorry, Fred, I just can't get enough of those fruity wieners. Barney, you ate my wieners!
0: Yabba-dabba-doo, Fred,
1: I want your fruity wieners. <laughs> yabba dabba let me get a bite of your
0: wiener. <laughs> Yabba-dabba-doo, put your wiener in my mouth. Well <laughs> my
1: <Barney!
2: laughs> What, Fred? I've got Barney's wiener at my mouth.
1: It's so fucking stupid.
2: (laughs) Quarry wiener roast and swinger
1: gathering. Uh, The wiener roast really is the best part. And it's so stupid too. They're just like making fun of it. And they see a woman on the cave and they're like, Oh God, run away.
2: Get out of here. Um, oh, my
1: God. Um, well, how did it
2: describe the woman? A, like, shapely woman or something?
1: Or I don't I, I, don't I, I, mis- that. remembering? I think okay. that's your own fan fiction. <laughs> okay, well. In my mind. <laughs> your head <canon. laughs> Oh, God. Oh, Christ. Well, you know, something that I think is fun to talk about is where do you think, obviously, now that you fucking understand where the story starts and ends. <laughs> I mean,
2: <laughs> I, my only complaint was that what? In this scenario <laughs> setting, what are we describing as a fixin versus uh, the actual story?
1: We said it in the
2: script. I know, but I don't remember all that. Bonnie. There was a lot of fixins here. Yeah, but it's hard I to do. keep them
1: all straight. Um, Bonnie. <laughs> what does this fucking, uh, what does this boss say? Red Flintstone's boss. Doesn't he have a catchphrase? Uh, I don't, I don't remember. Flintstone. He probably just yells Flintstone. Flintstone. Yeah. Give me old wiener. Um, where do you think this story? Does this story jump the shark at all? And where do you think that happens? Because I, I kind of feel it does. Yeah, it does a little bit. It kind of clearly does to me. And I think the
2: moment that it jumps the shark is honestly when the ghost takes a turn. When the when the witch takes a turn. Yeah. From just tormenting the family to suddenly being their like confidant and nanny,
1: yeah, live in gossip.
2: She she goes from being like uh, a dungeon master, like a torturer,
1: (laughs) to being like Alice from the Brady Bunch. (laughs) I know, yeah, like a live-in maid, almost basically a dominatrix. Yeah, she basically goes from a dominatrix to a major (laughs) domo. A major domo? Yeah, a major domo. Person who speaks, makes arrangements, or takes care, or takes charge for another, typically like the top person in the household. So if you're like a oh. a, a fucking very wealthy landowner, you oh, would have a major see. domo taking care of your estate while you're off fucking and sucking over the, mm-hmm. I'm doing a crusade or some shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Got it. Okay. She went from dominatrix to major domo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she did. And that's where she I went think- from dominatrix to major d'. Yeah. Major d'.
2: To Au Pair. Uh, she, uh, then that's where I think it jumps the shark.
1: Yeah. That's what I, I agree with you.
2: That's where it goes from. It's like, oh, okay. There's a very clear, like, this is a haunting. To like, okay. Somebody's ghost. embellishing something. This
1: ghost spent a little too much time with his family. <laughs> this ghost needs to get out more. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, I get it. Yes, the Bible. Christ. Okay, spiritual awakening. Fuck. I'm a fucking Baptist, but Jesus Christ. Shut the fuck up. The witch. (laughs) So that's my point. (laughs) Bellwitz is like sitting at the fucking dinner table, and she's like, "Well, you know what the Johnstons did down the street. I saw them through their window. I see all. You know, they slept in the same bed,
2: and they're married. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) And it's they have more than one bed." It's not that they had to sleep in the same bed. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh God. Well, there
1: may have been relations. Wink. John Bell is just like I'm. Just trying to. Dude, I just. Look at everything is just struggle. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think you know, and I'll probably bring this up in my verdict, but um, I don't know, Andy. I don't know if there's anything else you want to discuss. I think we've uncovered, we've unpacked a lot of stuff i mean we can say for sure that the bells deserved all this torment do you think
2: so? yeah they were inherently amoral they were slave owners
1: mm-hmm. it's true the uh the the bells were slave owners and um it was said that the uh frederick and kate bats were not because they couldn't afford it yeah and there was the real estate to prove it yeah real estate uh, or the whatever the Every, although, apparently, is it like, is that how things used to be? Like, was the church just like really like the the hub for everything? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think. I mean, this is go, obviously kind of a small,
2: probably a go, small community. Yeah, the, you know, governments weren't always like. Equipped to do a lot of record keeping and stuff. Yeah.
1: and Because so, a lot of these disputes that John Bell had with his fucking be. I know there's a lot, but it's like, it's like, okay, here on uh March 14th, John Bell spat in someone's eye. Uh, Here
2: we have on March 15th. Well, you know, if you go back to like this kind of time period, churches have, there's no centralized like record keeping for births and deaths. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, historians find that information from church logs, church roles, membership and that type Mm -hmm. of thing. is like a child gets
1: baptized and they record when the child was born and all that stuff. You think the pope drops church logs on his uh porcelain throne? Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, <laughs> big old stinking por- church logs.
2: <laughs> big old, big old stinking uh What's the, what do you, what do you like how do you refer to the pope? I call him daddy pope. Well, no, but I mean like his position because he's <laughs>
1: Mr. Pope. Cuz he's he's like Jesus also, right? He is, uh, no, he's like uh, the only person on Earth who can communicate with God, okay. I think is how... Okay. You're asking the wrong guy, Andy. I went through see, fucking Does he CDC count as classes? divine? I think so. Okay. Probably. He probably will be a, be a martyr or a... What is it? A saint. A saint. <clears throat> um, people would like to see me canonized, by which I mean stuffed into a cannon and shot into something. <laughs>
2: That's true. Or eaten by a cannibal. Yeah. People would love to see that. Or um, flattened completely... Uh. In a Bugs Bunny
1: style, and then put through a Canon uh, printer. I would have said maybe turned into a can and then opened with an Acme brand can opener. But I'm thinking somebody drives over me with a steamroller. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I'm totally flat, and then they put me through like a a machine that maybe shreds me like paper. There you go, an Acme shredder. Yeah, that's fun. Um. Anyway, uh, you want to get to verdicts on the Bell Witch? Oh, my God. Okay. Sure. Jeez, I wonder what Andy will say with another ghostly paranormal topic. Bunkfuckers, don't <laughs> hold your breath.
2: Don't hold your breath. You'll end Unless up like John want. Bell. Unless <laughs> you um, Okay, here's what I think. So I think that uh, Betsy Bell is a fucking liar, and this is all a bunch of fucking bullshit, and she loves attention. <laughs>
1: no i don't know i and we saw her passing notes to drury yeah in the back of the class and she knows that we wanted to ask drury to the homecoming dance and she's telling drury don't
2: go with him because he loves black bears too much and he thinks everything's a black bear
1: and he keeps wanting to change the school mascot <laughs> he to telling, black bears. he keeps
2: telling you know, so the teacher's a black bear and the teacher mauled him the other day because he won't shut up about it <laughs> I just keep imagining Old Man Joe Nickel But in a child's body
1: Like child sized Old Man Joe Nickel I'm imagining it as like A Strangers with Candy Kind of thing Where he's clear Like an old fucking man But he's going back to school High school He's got all these Fucking high school friends And he's like And you know Betsy Bell was the one Who shoved egg salad In our locker And made it stink Just to embarrass us And you know It was Betsy Bell Who 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 poured red Gatorade on our white pants as we were walking past the football team to make it look like we had a period accident in front of the football team. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ, Joe. (laughs) I can't help it. Skeptical Inquirer just turns into like a fucking Tiger Beat magazine type of fucking, or what is it? What is his magazine? Yeah, Skeptical Inquirer. Yeah, Tiger, you said it right, Tiger Beat, Skeptical Inquirer. Or just, it just turns into like a, a gossip girl column where it's just Joe Nickel gossiping about all the other people in the school. Every
2: Everything he starts to investigate, it's just him gossiping about the people involved. <laughs>
1: <coughs> <clears throat> and all the people are bears.
2: Every person he accuses of being a bear.
1: The janitor's a bear. I hate this school. Everyone's a bear but me and Betsy. I like to think too that's like Joe's
2: everything. Every time he finds something he doesn't like, like somebody's mean to him, he's like, <laughs> oh, there's another friggin' bear. I keep <laughs> I keep meeting bears.
1: Ugh. The principal Principal Shapool is literally a bear because he gave me a detention <laughs> for screaming about how about how Coach Phillips made me run laps and then he's clearly a bear. <laughs> Clearly a bear. <laughs> I've
2: seen him walk around on all fours. He's got long claws. He's covered in fur and a whistle.
1: <laughs> He's a bear. The lunch ladies are clearly bears because they wouldn't give me an extra chocolate milk on Friday.
2: Uh, Joe, we need to talk to you for a minute, son. Uh, you know, have you ever heard this story about the boy who cried bear? <laughs>
1: oh god and guidance counselor hill is clearly also a bear she told me there was no way I could get into northwestern with my grades (laughs) and my extracurriculars also the
2: janitor who they just referred to as a bear is clearly a bear
1: I'm the head of the bear club you think northwestern doesn't want a well-rounded student like that another well-rounded bear
2: northwestern needs some well-rounded bears oh joe Nagel. anyway case closed (laughs) yeah i mean i just don't believe in ghosts you don't i'm not saying that this is a bad story quite the opposite i think it's a good story yeah i think it's a fun story even after it jumps the shark unlike happy days (laughs) um and i don't know it's fun uh I think it very influential. Yeah, very influential. Stood the test of time. A that's for very sure. Very long tail. Uh and if I'm ever in the area in Tennessee, just like we said with Flatwoods or Point Pleasant, I'm visiting. I'm gonna go to the cave. I'm gonna roast wieners in the quarry.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, um uh yeah, I mean, obviously we're waiting for the invitation, Adams, Tennessee. If anyone is listening from Adams, Tennessee. We we, we're not to, gonna show up unless we're invited. We're, we're being waited to losers. we're waiting we're being, we're waiting to be invited to the bluegrass festival. Yeah, we're not Joe Nickel. We're not like we're at the cool kids table. Uh Betsy Bell is like one of our best friends. Like, so yeah, we we know her. We basically run the fucking school together, so right. Like we're in her gonna to okay, Because so. we could be going to I mean you know, fucking Jeremy Kendall's keg party because his his older brother is home from college and totally bought a keg for everybody so um we could totally be going to that party instead of coming to the bluegrass festival but you know if you wanted us there we would make time yeah like we could see what's up we could we could check air flight right air, air, airline tickets
2: we'll see um
1: i'm going to give you famously believe in ghosts Kind of, and I think I'm. I'm gonna split my verdict. I'm gonna say before they jump the shark, I'm gonna give them a plausible minus minus. Okay, so there's still a little bit of shred of doubt there because <laughs> you never know something could have happened after it jumped the shark. Case confirmed. After it real- jumped the shark, case confirmed. Oh my god, I'm so angry. <laughs> no. After it jumps the shark and all, basically all the fixins. Um, case closed. That stuff is so silly and totally embellished. Yeah. Um, you know the original. Really, the, the fucking, the the source for this comes from M.V. Ingram. Um, you can read that book, Funkers. It'll be linked in our research, and you can find it online. It's very old. It's written in Victorian prose. It's very difficult to read, and it's not fun to read. <laughs> I uh, I don't, I, I mean, unless it's fun for you, I think you're not going to have fun reading that, and it's very, it reads more like a, um like a journalist. It's just kind of, and the it's a England, little dry. It's very dry. He he just basically put out a call for like anybody to send him stories about the uh, Bell Witch and for certain descendants of the Bell, Bell Witch family to send him stuff in and you know he was going to write about it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people like Dr. Charles Bell's story because it's a lot more modern. It's a lot more fun. It's It's got some of the more inklings of a good ghost story that you kind of expect to find. Whereas M.V. Ingram's book kind of just feels like a an account, a log, if you will, a uh, as if like a transactional log of a uh, of a ghost encounter, which is not very fun. But, um, you know, so I think that that kind of part of the story is a little bit more plausible to me and it feels a little bit more real, a little bit more scary. Mm -hmm. Um, All the stuff with the ghost fucking like doing the Benny Hill routine.
0: Yeah. talking about
1: her favorite Bible passages and singing hymns. Um, you know, while fun is very silly and uh, I think an embellishment. So, and you know, it's been around so long. Everybody has their own spin on it. Um, that's my take. Wow. It's a good take. Bunk Funkers, those were our verdicts on the Bell Witch. What do you think about the Bell Witch? Let us know. Use the hashtag Jacked Potato. <laughs> Jacked potato potatoes boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew, whatever you want to do. Email us, let us know what you think. At uh, you can email us at mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Find Billy, on, we're looking at you, Billy. We uh, let us know, buddy. This is your topic. Um, uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at mrbunkerpod. Uh, uh YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash mrbunkerpod. You can find it, just Google it. Um, what else the Patreon patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod we are now offering two extra episodes every single month on the Patreon uh! of our Patreon only show Andy and Art Debunked a um, lot of fun there two extra episodes a month um, you get access to the Bunker Discord channel the Bunker newsletter mm-hmm. and um, sometimes when the timing is right sneak peeks into the episodes before they air um, I think that's it, Andy. Um, what are your final thoughts here on the Bell Witch? Um, ring that bell, Andy.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna ring a bell for Adams Tennessee. Adams Tennessee. Wow, great job keeping the uh, legacy, I guess, of the Bell Witch alive. Um, so thank you for that and for this tremendous story and its beautiful potato ness and all of its delicious fixins
1: even if I don't understand what they are all the time. Yes, thank you, Andy. And um, uh, I guess there's only one last thing to ring here, and that's for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my Fustian. Fustian? Fustian.
0: <laughs>
1: Fustian. <laughs> Fustian. Co-host. Fuji's and Fustian. Oh, I love that snack. Fustian's? Fustions. Ooh. It's so oniony. It's
2: like a rotten onion flavor. Fustion chip. rings. Fustion rings. Fustion rings.
1: It's got car fumes in it. <laughs> it's good. Fustions. I'm our stone saying that was the whole enchilada.
0: Yummy. I'm a ghost.